Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, on the back of marathon restrictions and extended lockdowns, you know, countless parents around Australia, no doubt, will be completely overjoyed at the thought of children returning back to school to the classroom for good. But did you know that from 2019 to 2020, in Victoria alone, homeschooling students increased by 1,224? Yep, you heard me right. Parents choosing to homeschool their children has actually increased. Uh, Data from the Victorian government suggests that there has been a 20% increase in children being registered to homeschool. With home learning support networks say the trend is continuing nationally with an increased number of inquiries. So today we're speaking with Melvin Mother of two Carly Marie, who has been homeschooling her children for some time, and today is going to talk to us about the benefits of homeschooling and how parents can actually begin this transition. Just a little bit about our guest. Carly Marie is an international best-selling author, thought leader, and industry disruptor with a deep understanding of how women work, what motivates them, what drives them, and of course, what holds them back. And her book, Soul Modes, is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling book, which is incredible. So thanks thanks for joining us, um, Carly. And look, congratulations on that. That's such an achievement. My goodness, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It was really exciting, little Aussie mama. Um, <laughs> having so many people around the world girl. read my book. Yeah, it came out in 2019. I'm about to publish the next one and uh, starting writing the third. So, yeah, really cool. Well, I think we should maybe have another chat another day about that as well. That would be awesome. But for this for this one in particular, I just think it's really important for us to identify the parents that this particular chat is going to be helpful for. So before we sort of get stuck into the nitty-gritty, can you please um, explain who you think that this, this key audience actually is? Yeah, I guess it's for those who are intrigued by the idea of homeschooling. Maybe it's been something that's been in the back of their mind a long time that, oh, I'd love to do that one day, you know, when life feels less crazy. Um, Or perhaps they've been doing remote learning and have been enjoying, you know, the absence of the morning rush and maybe enjoying having kids home with them but um, uh, perhaps a bit confused as to what homeschooling might actually be like because remote learning and homeschooling are two very different things. So for those that are intrigued and interested but maybe a little bit worried about what it might be like or think it feels a bit weird, I'm hoping I can um, maybe do a bit of myth busting. So, I mean, just at the get-go, can you just establish for us then and and even just to to paraphrase and summarise for us, what is that difference? Because obviously parents everywhere have just been up to their, you know, eyeballs in this. And for for, for parents that um, are maybe unaware, could you maybe just identify the difference? Yeah, absolutely. So, Remote learning is basically doing school at home. So there's a teacher and I know different people's experience has been different. I know each school, we did a little bit of remote learning, but we very quickly realized it wasn't for us. And 
when we just kind of started doing our own thing, which is a bit more what homeschooling would be like, where you kind of create the learning experience for your child or your children, it's very different to, you know, our neighbours doing school at home. She's in a uniform, she clocks on at nine, she clocks off at three. We homeschool, which is quite different. And there are different types of homeschooling, different approaches. Um, but for instance, one difference between remote learning and homeschooling is that remote learning isn't particularly social. You're not seeing other kids. So homeschooling in lockdown doesn't look like what homeschooling normally looks like. It's very, very social. We have so many friends. We go on lots of excursions. You know, we're going um, on camps. We're going to museums. We're going to meetups every day of the week. There's a meetup I can go to with other homeschool kids. So someone who's going through remote learning right now might be like, oh, yeah, but it's too isolated and we're not seeing other people. I'm like, yeah, that's lockdown. That's not necessarily homeschooling. Um, So there are a whole bunch of things in homeschooling that you can do that you don't get an opportunity to do within remote learning. Um, And I know for me, I was able to tailor it so much more to my kid. And because of that, she's going in absolute leaps and bounds because her education is like not just private education. It's like as private as you can get. It means that her learning happens, you know, sitting next to me and we're learning stuff together and we're using all these incredible online programs and apps and things that are available to us. Um, And then the rest of the day, she's kind of playing and playing with friends. She's not trying to learn while also sitting in the room with her friends. She's learning and then she's spending the rest of the day kind of playing with her friends normally obviously at the moment in lockdown it varies what we can do and when what restrictions are doing um but it's not school at home homeschool is not school at home it's life learning it's world learning it's it's totally customizable and it's a really it's a really cool option for a lot of families it's not for everybody but it is certainly it's it's so much more wonderful than i imagined it could be for us you know there's going to be so many parents that will I, I guess identify with that because so many parents will at some point have had numerous frustrations with homeschooling and then understood that um, learning is not just textbook, it's always life learning and, and, and teaching resilience and there's things around the home and things that we have exposure to that can teach children all of those important life lessons and skills. And of course, edu- education technology has come such a long way in, in you know, in recent years too. So no doubt what you do traditionally um, with um, homeschooling your children, um, parents would have explored part of that just naturally just through their remote learning experience, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, they're at home, so they're probably more involved in, depending what their remote learning looks like and what age level they are and how hands-on it is and all of that and different parents have engaged in that in different ways. But, for instance, our homeschool situation looks, there's a book called The Five-Hour School Week, which is something, it, it talks about something similar to what we do, which is basically an hour a day we sit down and we do our maths and English and we use some online apps for that that are really cost-effective and really, really kind of customizable for your kid and they, they work quite well. For us, they do. And then the rest of the day, you know, we're baking, we're planting, we're, you know, researching different things that we're in. We just got some silkworm eggs delivered and we're going to raise silkworms and, and, you know, look at the life cycle. We're reading books, we're watching documentaries, and we're learning a lot of stuff together as a family, which depending on how people have approached remote learning, they might be doing that stuff, right? They might be doing some of that stuff. So our normal everyday life kind of looks like that. The only difference is we're not going out and doing a lot of the social hands-on stuff we're doing a bit more online stuff at the moment 
Um, but it also means that, you know, some days my daughter, she might have been, I co-parent my daughter with with her father. And so she might have been at her dad's for the weekend. She might come home. She might be really tired. She's probably had later nights, maybe a little bit more sugar than usual, right? She's come home and she's probably tired on a Monday morning. So I will often just be like, okay, well, you just chill, watch a movie for Monday morning. We'll do our, you know, I'll be like, do you want to do our hour? Later we do our one hour that we do. About mass and English, she's like, yeah, can I do it in the afternoon? I'm like, sure. How about after lunch? She's like, cool. So we kind of book a time. So it means that I can really work with their energy levels. And if we all need to have a chill day, then we read books and watch documentaries. Um, you know, we might do some word searches and stuff. Fantastic for spelling, you know. Um, so it means that it can really you can really work with the values of your family and what you're interested in, and it's. It's, there's some really beautiful kind of bonding opportunities that come up. It's no longer like just weekends are for that stuff, you know. You don't have to cram in all the cool little things you want to do as a family on a weekend. It all just becomes a midweek learning activity for us, you know. So so just to clarify then, so how are you then um, aligned to the national curriculum with regards to understanding what the benchmarks are and if they're above or below those? So some of those apps I spoke about do a really incredible job of that. Is a lot of these apps, you know, we use one called IXL, we use one called Schoolbo, we use one called Reading Eggs. My son's only four, so he's, you know, still doing Reading Eggs. And IXL is actually really fantastic. It's pretty cost-effective and a lot of the teachers use it. Um, and it has Mass and English year levels, all the things that they need to cover within the app. And it kind of tells you where they're at and how they're going. Now I'm sitting next to her a lot of the time, so I sort of have a bit of an idea. But the cool thing is if she gets through it all quickly, she can go to grade three. She can start on the grade three level. Like she can get ahead or if she gets a little bit behind, that's okay. Like I'll, I'll you know, she did a couple of sessions with a tutor recently um, who was, you know, one of her old teachers who she loved and missed and who was on maternity leave. And so that was really cool, you know, and she she got to get a, try a few different approaches with some math stuff. And um, but the apps are fantastic for that. The other thing that I do is I jump on a website called teachersuperstore.com.au and you can actually buy a lot of like activity books that are based on the curriculum and you can just search by year level. You can buy these activity books. Now, my daughter's not into activity books, but my son really is. And he started on the prep ones. He's only four, but he wants to when he's ready. So why not? Why wait till he's six? He wants to. So I jump on and I get the prep stuff and, and he started because he wants to, and if he doesn't want to, we'll slow down a bit or whatever. Um, but so there are things like that. Like we have the internet now, right? Like we can access this information. You know, you can go on, there's some fantastic YouTube channels that turn a lot of the each year level curriculum into these really cool videos. And if you go into the classroom, they're using a lot of this stuff anyway. Mm. You can access it at home and most of it is free. That's fantastic. Um, well, I just wanted to acknowledge, first of all, we published your article title to the parents who have struggled with remote learning, you're not alone. So for anyone that hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what the article's about and, of course, what inspired you to write it? Yeah, well, it sort of just started out as a bit of a letter to those who've been struggling and going and and thinking that's what homeschooling is like. So I think there's kind of people in two different camps. There's like, oh, my lordy, get my kids back to school. And then there's another group who I think we don't really realise are kind of there, which are these ones who are like, I have loved having my kids home from school. I have mm. loved, I haven't, I haven't loved lockdown, but I've loved having my kids around. Um, and some kids, really introverted kids or really sensitive kids, some of those kids actually find it so much easier to focus, right? We're actually seeing that I, I saw an article recently about how like academically a lot of the kids 
they're doing fine, right? Like there's a lot to be said about kids' mental health um, and there are some really massive concerns there. And I think that that is a big, the actual kind of lockdowns, not being able to do footy and, you know, basketball or dancing, all those other things are a lot of contributing factors. I'm, a, I'm not an expert on kids' mental health, but I think that in terms of being able to focus on learning for some kids, being able to sit without anyone else around, without noise and distraction, everything else, it kind of works. I know it really works for my daughter. To Even her brother in the room, she finds it distracting. She's like, get him out of here so I can focus. You know, she can have her music on in her headphones. She can be moving around, bouncing around. She has to be moving in order to learn. Well, you can't have mm-hmm. 30 kids in a room all bouncing around the room, course, right? It's not all the time. Yeah. Very right? customised learning, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Um. Yes. I mean, so I take, you know, taking full responsibility for your children's learning, I guess, is not a decision by any means to be taken lightly then. So, I mean, is there anything else that you can just maybe just tell us briefly about your homeschooling journey and, and what, I mean, I understand your daughter, um, as you've just said, now really loves learning and she's ahead of her grade, her grade at school, as you mentioned. Um, but, and then, I mean, maybe just expand on that and then what actually led you to, to making this, this big decision, I guess. Yeah, well, the biggest thing was she asked me to. Like when school went back after the first um, time of remote learning and we didn't mm-hmm. do the remote learning, I would just speak to her teacher. I would say, here's what we're doing. What do you want me to work on with her? She's like, get her handwriting. I'm like, sweet. So I would kind of just be in communication with the teacher, but we didn't do the remote learning. She hated the Zoom calls. She hated the stuff they were sending home. It was really boring. I hated trying to get her to do it. I'm like, we're not doing it. We lasted, as I said in the article, we lasted about a day and a half. I was like, no, this is too (laughs) stressful. Because we had just done two weeks of quarantine. We'd been overseas. So we came back. Remote learning hadn't started yet, but I had to keep two kids um, occupied at home. And so we were looking up on YouTube. We were doing science experiments. We were doing art. We were reading books. We were having a really cool time together. And then remote learning started and suddenly it wasn't fun anymore. I'm like, hang on a second. I'm going back to what we were doing before. So through doing that, I got a real feel for how fun I can make it. And through doing that, I saw how well kids and how quickly kids can learn when they're engaged. Okay. The best education, I'm not saying everyone should homeschool. I'm saying the best education for a kid is the one they're engaged in. Yes. That's how she's gotten, um, you know, ahead on some stuff because she's interested, she's engaged. I'm not trying to force her to do worksheets that she hates. I've got her on an app, on an iPad where it's colourful and it's it makes noise and and she, you know, it pings when she gets right out. She loves yep. that, right? Yeah. So, so would you say that would be one of the biggest outcomes and benefits that you've experienced since home- homeschooling your children then? Oh, there's so many benefits. Yeah. Her being engaged in learning again is a good one Um, because we tried to go back to school um, in between Mm. the first lot and she was just like crying, hate it. I don't want to do this. I want to homeschool. That was so much more fun. (laughs) And I'm like, it was fun, right? But I had to go through this whole, can I do it? Am I good enough? Can I, you know, I went through this whole, I don't know, processing experience which I did and I got on the other side of it because it's what she wanted look my biggest concern was social needs I'm like how am I going to meet her social needs and I had a consultation with um I guess kind of like an education consultant right who helps you figure out the best education path for your kid and she said to me okay so what are your daughter's social needs and I was like oh 
okay, yeah, what are hers? Not just like every kid's social needs, but what are her particular social needs? Like what sort of social situations does she enjoy? What what fills her cup? What gives her energy? What excites her? And I'm like, oh, she really loves one-on-one time with like one other kid her age. She loves rough and tumble time with her cousins who are a little bit bigger than her. She loves hanging out with little kids where she can set up games for them and and kind of, you know, lead them. She loves hanging out with teenage girls because she thinks they're super cool and they paint her nails, right? Like I'm like, oh, school actually isn't meeting her social needs. So I was like, oh, okay, that's probably my biggest concern. And so what I found is actually socially she's come a long way since we started homeschooling because the social situations we go and we're in, she gets to say when she's had enough and she's ready to go home. She's not forced to be in a group of kids for six hours a day. I'd be exhausted being with a group of kids for six hours a day. That would be quite good for emotional regulation because she'd be connected to how she feels as well as opposed to Absolutely. having to shut she that off. To her body, right? Mm. She eats when she's hungry. She goes to the toilet when she needs to. She's not working to a schedule. We certainly have some structure at home, mm. um, but she's so much happier. And when I saw her go back to school, we tried to go back to school and she was miserable. She was miserable and exhausted. She would cry in the morning. She would cry at night. She was so unhappy. She was in grade one. I'm like, she's not skipping in the door like some of these other kids. This just isn't for her. And so... so- pulled her out and it's working. What do parents do if they're interested in this but they work full-time? I'd be interested. That's a tricky one, right, because, like, you've got to be around. Depending on the age of your kids, you've got to be able to, I guess, supervise them. Yeah, of course. But you've got to be able to plan your learning too, don't you? Yeah, it doesn't take as much planning as I expected it would, to be honest. <laughs> it's like on a Sunday night, you know, I have a think about what we might do this week and I'll chat with the kids. It's a lot, it's, it's ended up being more led by them than I expected because when they're engaged in the learning, they start to ask to learn about things, mm. right? And so I might book in, you know, uh, and the excursions are online at the moment, but it won't be for forever. Um, so I might, you know, say, okay, guys, here's what's happening this week. Thursday's going to be a really nice day. So we're going to go to the beach and meet up with these friends and have a picnic. And how you much know, things planning like would you put into to your week? Would you say timing wise? I might do like half an hour on a Sunday night. Um, because we use the apps for the maths and English. Everything else is like, okay, I've got to work in some science. I've got to work in, and, and you know, you do some excursions and things like the go to science mm. works and stuff like that. And you kind of work it in, you know, each term we do something different. So if we did a music class for a while. Um, sometimes we'll do something like, you know, gymnastics type thing. Um, so a lot of the things is kind of like booked in for a term. So yes. I know I'm ticking those boxes. Um, and, and then everything else happens kind of naturally. I do leave a lot of space in the week for us to wake up and go, okay, what do we want to do? To, what do we want to do today? today. Sunshine. Do we want to go on adventure? Do we want to go clamber on some rocks? And then we find a, a particular starfish and then we're Googling to try and work out what, what this starfish is. And then we get home and she makes a little book with the photos we took of the things we found. And yes, then I understand. she's getting yeah. it out on a video to send to her cousin, right? Like you can suddenly work in so many of these different things, you know, performing and video editing and all of these things around this one little trip to the beach, you know? Yes. I think you have I guess as a parent, you have to be able to be that type of person that can think laterally and to be able to think um constantly of educational opportunities from day-to-day life, as we were saying earlier on as well. But you've mentioned that the current state of home learning through traditional schools is a little bit like panic learning. Can you just maybe elaborate a little bit more on this? All right. So the, the what's happening in traditional schools, it, what kind of appears to me is that we're using grading to kind of motivate kids, right? It's kind of like, okay, 
I'm going to grade you and I'm going to kind of tell you how well you're doing. And what I love with my kids is that I'm able to help them to get this kind of intrinsic sense of wanting to learn because it feels exciting because they're learning about what they want to learn about as opposed to I've got to learn this so I can get the A plus so then I feel like I've done a good job and I get a pat on the back from somebody. So it's like within the education system, the motivators that are used to get kids to do stuff is a little bit different to how it tends to be in the homeschooling space. We're not grading kids on stuff generally. We're keeping an eye on are they learning what they need to learn and how are they doing and all of that. But it's not like, okay, you need to learn this so you can get this grade. It's like, let's learn this because it's exciting and it's fun and it's relevant. Like, let's look at how it's relevant. So we'll do maths and we'll go down to the supermarket and they'll add up what they want to get and how much money they need and how much change there should be. And so we can really put it into real life. Um, So I think that's one of the things that is quite different the traditional school system, the way that they were kind of motivating with reward charts and things like that, it just didn't feel good for me. I work with women now on their self-worth and on their motivation. And so I see how this plays out later in life when we've been motivated to seek someone else's approval and someone else's judgment to kind of create our sense of self-worth. And so in my kids, I want to do it differently. I want them to have that intrinsically. I don't want them to see their self-worth based on how someone else judges how they've done on something. I want that to come from within them. And I think homeschooling just provides opportunities to do that in a different way to how it's done at school. So what would you say then to parents considering homeschooling who are struggling with homeschooling, uh, depending what state or territory they're in, in the wake of just COVID-19 lockdowns in general? Sorry, so the ones who've decided they want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So it is different in each state. So I would have a Google and look for like how to apply. Generally, I think I think in all of the states, there is a process you need to go through. We're really lucky in Victoria that there aren't a whole lot of, you know, metaphorical hoops to jump through. Um, it's one of the states where there's not a whole lot of reporting, right? Which means as long as you can show in your plan that you've considered how you're going to cover the different learning areas for your kids, which isn't that hard to do, really. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that you're going to do with some excursions and some different classes, there are online classes. We use something called Out School, which is these really cool different classes on all these different things online. You can just book in um, outschool.com it is. And we're on there all the time. Ari's learned some amazing different drawing skills and different things on there. And so I just keep a record of all of that. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're taking off art. We're taking off science. Yes, yes, yes. You know, um, and it's, it's not as hard as I expected it to be. But when you when you're beginning, like create that plan and then know that it's probably going to evolve a little bit how you approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is certainly a de-schooling process. I talk about that in the article because it is a totally different way of doing life. It is not sitting at the dining table from nine till three. It's not worksheet after worksheet. It's not that. It doesn't have to be probably for some people it is it gets to be much more kind of flowy and organic and natural than that. Mm. Um, And that there will be a bit of a process of, they call it de-schooling, it's kind of like getting the system out of your system a little bit and going, okay, this is life learning, it's not school at home, it's a different process. 
So can you tell us a little bit about the process of um, the tra- that transition into homeschool and how do parents register their children? Yeah. Yeah. So you just register. There's an application process. It's super busy. It's taking a little while at the moment because there are a lot of people applying to homeschool. Um, and you just put in your application. It'll be different in each state who you have a Google, you'll find it. Um, there's a fantastic, um, I use, I actually used a, a consultant. Um, her name is Sammy Ann. She has a business called Map, Mapping the Maze. Map the Maze, it might be. Um, and she kind of helps you fill in the application. She's a teacher. So she kind of knows what some of the jargon in the form means. But I mean, it's not super difficult to do. But you put your application in and then you let the school know. <laughs> And then you begin your homeschool journey. Um, And it can feel a little bit like, oh, gosh, okay, so I'm in charge of this now. It can feel like a lot of pressure. So for me, that de-schooling process was probably mostly me letting the pressure go and being like, it's okay. They're my kids. They're going to learn what they need to learn. They have access to all of these resources. The most important thing I would say, more important than anything else, is get yourself a network. Find some other homeschooling parents, search if there's a Facebook group, search, you know, homeschooling and then your area that you live in. See if you can find a Facebook group. I have met some of the most incredible people through those spaces and we go to meetups with them. You know, it's the uh, the home education network is fantastic. See if there are different ones in your state that run events and things like that. Just get around other people who are doing what you're doing to help normalize it for you. And they will give you the best websites, the best tips, the best apps, the best places to go, the best playgrounds. Um, all of the good stuff has come from the people who have been doing it and they've learned really hands-on, you know, and some of these kids that I meet, you know, they're incredible. They're reading chapter books at age eight and they're building robots at age nine and because there's so much space in the day for them to explore what they want to do. They yeah. can learn instruments. They can they can research whatever they want to research. They can lose themselves in their interests because it doesn't take six hours a day to teach the main core curriculum things that you need to cover. It doesn't. If you think about the school day, so much of it is moving from room to room and, you know, crowd management and assemblies and all these, all these how things. How about that social aspect? You mentioned before the children still do have access to a social network and their children that you choose are right for their personality and or right for them um, and what they actually need to be able to, to grow socially, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. So many opportunities. So, you know, every time we go to an excursion, I meet, you know, your kids running off with another kid and they're playing and you soon find that kid's mum and then you have a chat and you see if you gel and if you do, you exchange phone numbers or you connect on social media and you end up meeting up for at the playground a week later and you chat some more. And so, you know, the kids kind of tend to let you know who you're, <laughs> you're going to end up being friends with. Um, but the cool thing is, they're around kids of other ages, right? Like my four-year-old is hanging out with, you know, 12-year-olds and, um, you know, my eight-year-old is, is which is, which, which is relevant because in the workplace, it isn't like you, you're going to go to a job in the, in the future and everyone's going to be the same age and they're going to be yeah. the same socioeconomic demographic, all of those things. There's always going to be younger, older people. So it actually probably does give them opportunity to much, much broader um, aspect of what life is actually like once you do grow up and, um, and in the workplace. And wouldn't you say maybe? I, I don't know. 
Absolutely. And you're yeah. always meeting new people, right? You think about it, you do like kindergarten to year 12 with the same group of people. Like how much opportunity are you getting to make new friends, right? Hopefully through football or other things. But my kids are often, every time we go to a meetup, there's new faces there we haven't seen before, right? So my kids are often making new friends. They've gotten very good at it, which means now everywhere we go, we make a new friend. We go to walk the dog along the mm. beach and there's a little girl, a similar age to my daughter. They're best friends within two minutes because <laughs> she's learned how to go up and go hey I'm Aria what are you doing you want to play let's dig a hole right (laughs) she's learned how to do that because she's not just going to school with the same group of kids every day day after day my last question really is just um with regards to your reporting do you have reports and things like that that you have to um to the education department or any other relevant authorities um what happens with that is there any that involved for, for parents so it's different in each state In Victoria, not really, unless you kind of get picked to get audited, which sounds scary, but I've spoken to some of the parents who've done it. They're like, it's not at all. The the people that, you know, that check in with you, they just genuinely want to know that you're doing okay and see if you need any help, right? So what would happen there is you would kind of just show um, what you've been doing. So for me, I would show them things like, okay, well, here's, you can see in the apps, the app IXL gives me a report of what she's covered, you know, you're at 40% of the grade two curriculum for maths and 65% of the grade two curriculum for English, right? All covered. And she's gotten these many questions right out of these many questions. And so those things are really helpful. I kind of, I would, it hasn't happened for me yet, but I would show that. Um, I would, I take photos of everything they do every day because I just want to document it because I think it's really cool, you know, fun memories. So it's like, okay, here's us at music class. Here's us doing this and that. So I would go through and I use my Instagram story highlights. (laughs) to keep all of those. So I would show that I would show bookings I'd made for excursions and things like that. So it's not like there's a particular format you have to use. This is in Victoria. I can't speak for other States. Um, But no, it's not like there are all these hoops to jump through that. It's really hard. And, you know, you're doing paperwork three hours a week. Like, absolutely not. That's not what I've found to be the case. And based Mm. on the anecdotal evidence I've been given, it's actually a really lovely, simple process where they just check in with you and go, okay, how are your kids doing? How are you doing? Are you kind of hitting these areas? If not, we'll give you some help to, to, to do it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just a um, significant difference in, in the energy and the enthusiasm that there is from, I guess, a parent that's homeschooling to a parent um, with with remote learning and then to a parent that is choosing homeschooling. It's a completely different way of life. It's a completely different way of seeing things. But I can sense and feel your enthusiasm, um, which is obviously going to be infused in the children. Um, and no doubt that one-on-one time that you have with them, customised learning is no doubt going to accelerate, um, I guess, their, their education on all levels. Um, so credit to you and congratulations on all of the, the wonderful stuff that you're doing um, with your children. And, and thanks for sharing all of this um, inspirational information. I guess if you were to summarise the key messages now for anyone watching and listening, what would they be? Just that homeschooling is a really normal and valid option. It's not as weird as you think it is. (laughs) There are more people doing it than what you think there are. Um, It's nothing like remote learning. It's actually a really beautiful and natural and kind of freeing way to do life. Um, For me, one of the fears I had was that I wouldn't get any time away from my kids. I wouldn't get any time to myself. But what I found is I don't need as much time to myself now because parenting happy kids is easier than parenting stressed out kids who don't want to go to school and come home exhausted. 
I found that I wasn't really resting or relaxing during the day because I just kind of felt a bit upset about how morning drop-off had gone and things like that. Um, that being said, if my daughter wanted to be at school, she would be at school, but she doesn't want to be at school, so she's home. So that was probably a big thing. Um, so that's what I really want to portray. And then don't try and have it all planned out before you start because you'll like anything you'll figure out your path as you go and your kids will be just as big a part of it as you are. Um, It really fosters (laughs) some really great communication in a family because there's no other option. You can't just escape each other and run away from it. You've kind of got to talk about things and figure it out and go, okay, so, you know, how are we going to approach this? And it's really taught me a lot about motivation and about how to get people to do stuff, right? Like (laughs) I can't just go because I said so, sit down and do it. Um, I've really had to work out how to make it be something that my kids want to do. Want to actually do. Yeah, It's extremely, extremely rewarding when you see them excited about life and excited about learning and, oh, my God, mum, I want to make a book about this and, oh, I want to learn about video editing. And and also the probably one of the other things is that you are not doing it alone. You're not supposed to do it alone. Mm. Right now my daughter is being babysat by a family friend who edits videos. She wanted to learn video editing. She's interested in YouTube and how people make those videos. So she's hanging out with her, learning how to edit videos, and, like, she's eight and I just think that's so cool, you know, and that she learned stuff from my mom and she learned stuff from my cousin who's it's a hairdresser. Pers- yeah, yeah. It's a village. It takes of, a village. Yeah, yeah. the p- perspective of life is, is completely different, you know. Look, if, if parents have got um, any questions and or want to reach out to you, whereabouts can they find you? Yeah, so carlymarie.com. Um, otherwise you'll find me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I share a lot of my homeschool journey on Instagram. So that's probably a good place to head. Yeah. Awesome. Carly, I've loved this chat and thank you um, for sharing all of your information about your life and what you're doing. And once again, it's just been inspirational to to be able to feel your energy and, um, as you said, how motivated and, um, I guess inspired you are to be able to help, you know, I guess, change your, your children's life, um, like in such a hands-on approach with their education. So well done. And I look forward to another chat again in the future. But until then, stay safe and take care. Thank you. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids. Bye.